0: Our scripture reading this evening is from Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. When my kids were first born, I felt two emotions. Overwhelming joy and terror. Terror because they were so tiny and so delicate, I was afraid I might break them. And yet, something about that moment, that first hour with my children, reminded me of the Christmas story. And it made me think, this is exactly what Jesus did. The Son of God became a tiny, delicate baby to save us. To think that the infinite creator would willingly choose to do this is astounding. And truly, Christmas is an astounding work of our God. It's in the Christmas story that we discover that God is fulfilling his word to send our promised king. In a prophecy in Micah 5-2, God says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephratah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth through me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. The Israelites were waiting. They were waiting for God to send a descendant of David, born in Bethlehem, to rule over Israel and ultimately the whole world in peace and justice. They were waiting because they had read prophecies and promises of God like this one in Micah. And onto the scene comes Jesus, born in Bethlehem, a descendant of King David. And what's cool is how God gets Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. Caesar, the emperor of Rome, has ordered a census, probably because he wants to tax people. Why else do you have a census? However, that means that Joseph and very pregnant Mary have to go to Joseph's ancestral hometown of Bethlehem. And so God is orchestrating world events so that this census causes them to be in Bethlehem at just the right time, for God to fulfill his word. And I think it's amazing how seemingly ordinary or unrelated events, even unwelcomed ones, God can use and God can move to do extraordinary things to fulfill his promises. It's also in the Christmas story that we learn that Jesus came to save us. The angel Gabriel tells Joseph in Matthew 1.21, Jesus will save his people from their sins. Now sin, as you know, is when we say to God, not thy will be done, but my will be done. It's when we lie, when we hate others, when we look down on others and think, I'm better than you, when we say terrible things to those we love. And we spend much of our lives acting as if God doesn't even matter if we acknowledge him at all. We're kind of like a computer that goes to its creator and programmer and says, I don't need you, when in fact the computer would not exist if it weren't for its programmer. And so, really, sin is treason before a holy and righteous God, and we know that we are all guilty. And like we would expect, we deserve God's judgment which leaves us in a a very hopeless situation. But then, instead of pouring out his negative judgment on us, in extraordinary love through sending Christ, God chooses to have mercy on us. God extends his grace and undeserved kindness on us. He pours out his love upon us the greatest hope in human history is born on Christmas Day. Jesus comes to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sin. He comes to show us that in him is where we find real life. It's not in the stuff or the gifts or in others, but it's found in him and in following him, knowing him and loving him. In John 10.10, he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so then it's also in the Christmas story that we remember baby Jesus grows up, that he is born to die. He will grow up to save us from our sins at great cost to himself, taking our guilt and giving us his innocence. Jesus tells his disciples in Mark 10, 45, he came to give his life as a ransom for many. In Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus' mission from before he was born was to save us and to heal our broken relationship with our creator. And in doing so, he completely transforms us from sinner to saint. He rewrites our identity, where it no longer depends on who we are or what we've done. It doesn't depend on what we've accomplished or what we haven't accomplished. It depends on whose we are. We, through faith in Christ, become God's beloved children where we have new life in him, not just now, but eternal life forever. It's in the Christmas story that we find that God meets us where we are. Jesus is not born how you would expect a king to be born, especially like God's king, the ultimate king. Remember a few years ago, Even though we live in America, we heard all about the birth of uh, Prince George to to Prince William and Princess Kate. I don't know why anyone here in America cared, but every headline was there saying that. And, And I know absolutely that Prince George got the best of everything. The best hospital care, the best clothes, the best toys, the best food. And Jesus deserved all of that. He deserved to be born in a lavish palace surrounded by the best of everything. And yet, he gives up what he deserves to show that he's come for the average Joe, like me and like you. If you think you don't matter at all to God, think again. Jesus chooses to come to us in a manger. The king's crib is a feeding trough for animals. Jesus chooses to come to us in the lowly, in the ordinary. God meets us where we are. In our sinfulness, we could never rise up to God, and so instead, God comes down to us. Eighteen-year-old Joel was sitting at a coffee shop And he was sitting in one of those really tall cafe chairs. You know the ones where the table's really high, the chairs are really high, and some of us have to, like, climb onto the chair? You know what I'm talking about? Blink once for yes, twice for no? Okay. So he's sitting there, and he brought his five-year-old brother along. Well, his five-year-old brother was trying really, really hard to get up on that chair, but try as he might, it was not happening. And so Joel gets off of his chair, he stoops down and he picks up his brother, puts him in the chair, sits down, and now they can be face to face. And that in a very small way is what God did. That's what it meant for Jesus to come. God meets us where we are to bring us to where we, he is at great cost. And in doing so, he shows he's making room in his kingdom for ordinary people like us. Not just for kings and rulers, but for teachers, janitors, retail workers. For people who are broken, for people who are poor, for people who are oppressed. God meets us on our turf to bring us to where he is by way of his death and resurrection, and it starts in Bethlehem. However, In spite of all this, we also see in the Christmas story that there isn't any room for Jesus. Emily mentioned to me the other day um, that she was kind of astounded uh, about this. She, She said, Could no one give up their room for the lady that's about to give birth? Could no one give up a bed for the promised Savior? how could they have missed that god was right there and yet are we so different are we so different i think all of us at times we we leave little room for jesus in our lives there are times we take god's extraordinary love for granted or we obsess over our looks, or our clothes, or having the highest achieving children, or getting every single action figure there is, or if you're me, every single Hardy Boys book known to man. Regardless, we make those things more important to us than Christ. We forget too that we are God's beloved sons and daughters and live as if it all depends on us, as if we have to fix ourselves, when in reality he came precisely because we couldn't we need him and sadly we also sometimes leave little room for jesus at christmas and that is so easy to do there's there's the cooking there's the wrapping gifts there's the getting the gifts all the preparations it's it's easy for that to happen and we're thinking too, you know, what are we gonna get? And please, Jesus, let it be that new Backbook Pro that I'm wanting or, or whatever you're desiring. And none of that's bad. This is an enjoy, that's, those are enjoyable parts of Christmas. But we have to step back and say ultimately, what is all of this about? Why do we give gifts? Because Jesus is the greatest gift. It's about him coming to earth, becoming like us so that we could be restored and reconciled to our maker. And so let's let's make room for Jesus this Christmas. Let's make sure that we do. Let's recommit to giving him our whole hearts, not just part. And tomorrow, as we go about the craziness of cooking dinner and having to deal with crazy Uncle Larry and having to reason with children who are upset that there are no more gifts for them to unwrap. (sighs) Relax. Take time to focus on who really matters. This is about Christ and his birth. Take time to pray and thank him for coming to rescue us. Read the Christmas story with your family. Talk about what it means. Let's make Christ the central focus of our Christmas and let all that we do in giving and receiving remind us of the greatest gift of all. But let's not stop at Christmas. Let's make prayer a priority. Let's make sure that we're resting in the truth that he loves us and these are the lengths he went to to show his love, to rescue us. Let's let our lives be guided by his word, not by what culture is telling us to do or what other people are telling us to do, but let's see what is God speaking to us in his word. Let's let our lives be characterized by Christ more than anything else. If we failed in this way, we can go and ask, Lord, please forgive us. Give us a new start because that's why he came. Let's think about the areas where he needs to take priority in our lives. Let's ask him to give us the strength and power to make him first day by day. He made room for us, so let us make room for him. And if you are here and you are wondering if God really loves you, or if you don't know what it means to follow Jesus or what it means to know him, I would love to chat with you after this service let's pray lord you are truly amazing and astounding to think that you would go this far to rescue a wayward and rebellious people to come and show people that are ordinary and messed up that you love them and you want to bring them to your side this is incredible We thank you for Christ's birth. We thank you for all that he is. Help us today and always to have room in our hearts for you, to give you all of our hearts and our greatest affections. In Jesus' name, amen.